baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up, and your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. Hour two of the Chris and Amy show without Amy. She is, I don't know, vacation or something. She's always gone. This lady is always gone. But she's gone and we are, we're thinking about her in spirit. Uh, Chris Ranji and I've got Nate Gadder joining me for the next couple of hours. And, of course, we want to hear from you as always. 314-436-7900 and voicemails at 314-944-1120. So you may have seen, Nate, over the last, I don't know, I guess the last several days, there was a uh, about a 48-hour period where Elon Musk, who is the owner of Twitter, and Mark Cuban, who is the owner of the Dallas Mavericks. Everybody knows who Cuban is. Everybody knows who both of these fellows Technically are. Technically not the owner of the Dallas Mavericks anymore. That's right. He just he got out. But um, he is a – everybody knows these two guys. They got at it on Twitter in a – DEI debate, diversity, equity, and inclusion. And there has been, over the last several years, a real um, culture war that has erupted. And a lot of it has come from the right, who resent the idea of diversity, equity, inclusion. That um, they believe, and rightfully so, that people should get jobs based on merit. And I totally agree with that. But their objection to DEI generally is that what they believe is happening is that not only are uh, people who are women or are minorities getting the opportunity to be seen for jobs around the country, but they're getting preferential treatment when they're not qualified. That is what the argument is. I do not believe that is what's happening at all. I think that there are just some people who feel like this is a wedge issue and they can use it and it's it's beneficial to them. I don't think that deep down they really believe DEI is a problem in this country. Southwest Airlines, a couple of days ago, sent out this tweet. It was a photo of uh, five women and all of them were part of the flight crew. I said five, it's actually six. And the tweet is this, all female flight crew go off, Queens. So it's just a, to me, I look at that and I think it's a harmless, you know, it's kind of cringy, go off, Queens is, is cringy, whatever. Yeah, I think we're going to need to clip you saying that just yeah. for any future use. The point is there are two pilots, both women, and four flight attendants, also women. And all they were doing is saying, hey, look, we've got an all-female flight crew. Doesn't really happen that, that often, though I think I'm, I'm sure it has happened many times before, not only with them, with other airlines as well. And you pointed out during the break that it has happened with them in the past. Back in 2017, they had, a, they had an all-female flight crew. Yeah, uh, yeah I, I, I assume this is not uh, – I mean, it's probably somewhat unusual statistically that it works out this way. But I would assume it's not like they're tweeting every single time it's ever happened. And this tweet just sort of sure. – they just did it. It's but, yeah, just, they, they did tweet saying it was post. the first time ever when they had a, a six 
an all-female flight crew uh, back in October of 2017, and that flight actually departed from St. Louis. It went from St. Louis to San Francisco. So um, I never know how to pronounce this lady's name, but it's the libs of TikTok weirdo, uh, Kaya or Chaya, whatever, Reichik. She's she's a She started the, the Twitter account or the TikTok account, libs of TikTok. And it's just the whole point is to mock um, people who are liberal or whatever. So she retweeted this Southwest Airlines tweet and said they are openly mocking us. They know what they're doing. And so I saw that tweet. Southwest Airlines has since deleted it, probably because they got a ton of backlash from far right wing weirdos like this lady. And it did sound kind of stupid, regardless of how you feel, I think, about DEI, it did, it did sound kind of stupid. The tweet? Yeah, I, I think I think part of the the reason that c- these things can come off wrong is that DEI is treated um, as a very serious thing and something that's important for society. And I think there's a conversation worth having there. And it probably some form of DEI in many industries is worthwhile and and important. And to then, first of all, take that to corporate. Twitter accounts. I'm uh, anytime something is is being used by a, a corporation's Twitter account, it's already going to feel a little bit weird. Well, yeah, like, corporate. I don't think it's appropriate for, part, yeah. for it to be part of you know a part of a marketing scheme that you're using. And on top of that, to then say something like "Go off, Queens" in a mark in a context where you're trying to market something, sort of, I don't know. I think it 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 you minimizes think it. You think it, it's it is cr- cringy, okay, but that's, more than that's that, different. I think it trivializes. That is different, and and that's fine. But that is different than what. The libs right. of this TikTok, isn't even getting into the, that. The, the libs of TikTok lady is upset because they have an all-female fr- flight right. crew. I'm and just speculating it, on it, part it, of the reason they might have deleted the tweet and part of the reason they might well, not I be think getting it's because furious. Of the backlash. Right, but they might not. The, the backlash might not be getting. Um, they might not be getting a whole lot of defense even from the left. If the idea is that this is the right wing doesn't like DEI and the left does. I don't think that's the kind of tweet even left-leaning people who are supporting DEI are going to really go to bat. My point for is this: Why should silly. Why should I be mad about it? Why should I be mad that Southwest Airlines had an all-female flight crew and the social media team decided one day to highlight it? Big deal. Uh, uh, big freaking I, yeah, deal. I don't think Who it's cares? a big deal. Who cares? Um, Move on. Uh, it's a cringy tweet. Move on to the next thing. This is not it, but what is happening or what did happen in this case is it was made to be a great societal problem. And, oh, my God, look what Southwest Airlines is doing. They are probably hiring female pilots who aren't really all that good, but they're doing it because they want women to be pilots. So they're not qualified, but they're getting the jobs anyway. That is ridiculous. That is not what is happening. I I think, yeah, I think there are a couple of things. Um, First of all, you'll see people say, what are the what are the odds statistically that they assemble this a crew of six people who are the most qualified possible people? And they're all they all turned out to be women. And I, I think that's sort of a silly argument because how many crews have been all men and we've never wondered if if a six-man crew was was the most qualified possible um especially because and i don't want to be you know rude i think it's really about the two pilots that we're talking about you know i mean oh, and not to pilots, say that being yeah. a flight attendant That's doesn't it's have about. its challenges yes but i think the level of qualification to be a pilot entrusted with hundreds of lives is is totally different than the level of qualification necessary to be a flight attendant so we're really talking about the two pilots and I, it doesn't bother me. I, the only way I can think where it bothers me is if, if, if the point is this is becoming a, something that companies use for marketing and we're getting to the point where we associate any diversity with being good, period, and we're creating, at that point, such a strong incentive for companies that we're going beyond just 
make sure that you're giving fair consideration to women and fair consideration to minorities, which I think is the underlying purpose of DEI initiatives. The idea being that if you end up with very few women relative to, first of all, the number of women in the population, second of all, the number of women who have cleared whatever the minimum is to be a, a possibly licensed as a commercial pilot, something is going wrong in your process. So this is meant to be a corrective. That if you if you push past that to the idea that just women or minority equals good, that you might be throwing off some of what we should be doing as far as like just trying yeah. to target and, and I'm not I'm not going to say that, that people so I can understand that but I think yeah, the, I'm the not right say just that, takes this way I'm too not going to say that that never ever ever happens which I'm sure in some hiring situations yeah. it does happen but, but you not know what likely but, in but this that's circumstance. not not likely here they're pilots they have to go through training they're good we we know yeah I also th- don't this know is, do you know is, like if different airlines this is not, have different criteria this is, I well no I think you have to have I think it's more FAA uh, right. regulation That's what I would than assume. anything. The the idea that this never happens ever, of course it does. I'm sure it does. I'm sure that one hiring manager in in one particular industry at one particular place may favor somebody who is a minority or a woman and not as qualified as a man in a particular case, but that also happens with nepotism. It also happens with people you know. I got a friend. I got a friend who I'm going to hire for this gig, even though I, I have talked to somebody else for the same job who is more qualified, but it's my buddy or it's my buddy's buddy and or it's my, it's my have... uncle's son or, or not my uncle's son, but, but like my uncle's friend or whatever right. it is. That stuff happens all the time, and that's not good, but I think the outrage over this particular thing is not it's not about the female itself, or it, it, it's not about um, that a person deemed to be unqualified or is not as qualified as maybe other candidates is getting a job. They're very specific to DEI, and I and and I think it's because they know it's a wedge issue and they know they can use it politically, and it is it is beneficial to them financially to do so. That's what it's about because people like this libs of TikTok lady have monetized monetized this. Right. That's what it's about. Because if they're really concerned about airline safety, I think it's it's very clear over the last few years, and there have actually been a bunch of good New York Times articles sort of diving into this pattern, but it's very clear over the last few years, if there's a safety issue in commercial airline travel right now, which I think there probably is compared to what our standards were 10 years ago, it has nothing to do with pilots. It has to do women. with air traffic controls be... being enormously understaffed. That's what and it as is. a result, there have been a lot of miscommunications, and yes. we are very fortunate that we haven't had a serious commercial airline accident in this country in the last five well, let's, years. Let's, 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 talk about, let's, talk about, let's talk about Southwest Airlines first. Southwest Airlines has an impeccable safety record. They had the issue over the summer where they had a bunch of cancellations, but that was that was like a software scheduling issue. Yeah. They don't that have an impeccable business record, a, but they do have an impeccable safety record. Well, they've done they had done historically well up until, you know, what happened over the summer and that was more of a scheduling, you know, software problem, which is still a problem, but in terms of safety, in terms of the pilots who work there, in terms of you know, getting people to their destination, they have a terrific record there. So I, I I don't think this is anything more than just a handful of people trying to stir the crap because they know it is for them beneficial. The libs of TikTok lady, this is her livelihood. This it is also, what she does. She tries to make people angry about stuff that is not worth getting angry over. Text message says, people overthink things. It's novel. Why not post it? Nothing more. 
That's what I was just going to say. I don't. I doubt it is that novel, right? I think it's just a post because I, I. There must be plenty of flights every day in this country that have two women pilots, right? I mean, I'm sure of. I'm sure women are are distinctly a minority among commercial pilots overall. I be I could try to Google what that number is and see if we can find anything reliable. But even if if women are twenty percent of commercial airline pilots. Which it feels like they got to be at least ten. So let, let's say let's say ten percent. Even if they're ten percent of commercial airline pilots, that uh, you know, out of hundreds of flights every day, they're going to have to be at least a few that have two women pilots. So some of these people who are complaining have probably flown on a on a plane that had two women pilots, and they just didn't know because there was no post, and they didn't see in the cockpit. Right, right. They didn't think about it. And when you I talk about, think about when it. you talk about the thousands of employees that exist in a given company like Southwest, at some point it will probably happen that. All six of them are women. What's the big deal? I We can get upset about real things that are happening in the country or that are happening to people. Real I, I know this all is, those people have flown on planes that had four women flight attendants and no men. I've done that many times, and oh, yeah, they never they didn't say anything about well, that. It, so. Historically, it used to be all women right. who were flight attendants. Um, I just looked this up, by the way. The, the Center for Aviation says only 4 to 6% of, of airline pilots globally are women. Yeah. In the U.S., though, it, it is uh, growing rapidly. It's uh, around 5% last year and, and growing quickly. My point is do not be fooled by these people who try to make you outraged over stuff that is really not outrageous. But guess what? It works. And I know it works because they continue to do it and they continue to make money off of you. Nate Gatter, Chris Ranji, this is KMOX. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. Go off, Queens. Southwest Airlines making people mad. I love those Queens. Cut that one up, you jerks. Hey, so a <laughs> Go text, off, Queens. A text message here says, uh, and you can text us, 314-436-7900. I work for a major nationwide company. It is a stated goal to get to 40% minority leadership within three years. Doesn't matter if I'm more qualified or better at my job. As a white guy, I'm very unlikely to take the next step of my career with this company because I don't fit their numbers. I'm not going to name the company because overall I love working here and it's a great company to work for, but why try? Okay, so, and and my answer to that is I doubt that it's not on merit. Um, it could be a deciding factor if you have two people who are equally qualified that they say, hey, we're going to take somebody who looks a little bit different than what we typically hire. But I hear 40% and then I see, well, that means 60% is not minority. That means most people who would be in management or in leadership are still not minority. So you have a better chance than minorities of getting a job, um, whether that's women or uh, people who are black or Asian or whatever it is. And I'm uh, again, I'm not saying that it never, ever, ever happens in a hiring situation where somebody who is less qualified but looks the part 
gets the job over somebody who is more qualified. I'm not saying that never happens. Well, and some of it, but I what think, I'm has to do is, with how companies are having to play catch up now because they they're wanting because to they get historic- to a number that they're not at. So we don't know where his company is or her company is right now. Um, but if we imagine a scenario where a company was at 20% minority leadership and wanted to get to 40% within three years, you can imagine that it's not as simple as, well, 60% is still for the white guys, right? That, that for that three year period of time, they're probably would the, probably the significant majority of, of promotions, if you will, or new leadership hires or whatever would have to be minorities. If you wanted to double your minority leadership presence in just three years, once you get there, then it's not, but for people who are at that stage, I can see why it would feel like, well, for the next few years, my chances are very low because if they want to double their, their number or triple their number of minority leaders in the next three years, they're not going to be able to hire many non-minority leaders and get to their goal. Yeah, but what I'm saying is they still have a better opportunity than the minorities of being in that position. They still have first place, you mean? Yes, they still have a better opportunity. And I don't don't buy, and I I appreciate uh, this person's thoughts, but I don't buy that it is all because of that. That maybe if somebody does get hired in front of you, even if they don't look like you, it doesn't mean they're not better than you. Right. Maybe no, they, that maybe is they definitely are true. That maybe, is definitely maybe they, true. Maybe they do have the credentials more than you have. And again, I'm not saying every single case, but for the most part, people are hired based on merit around the country. And if you're upset about that, then you should be upset about nepotism, which has been going on forever. You should be upset about people being hired in front of you because they're friends of somebody or they're the son of a friend of a guy who owns the place. That's the kind of stuff that's been going on and is far more widespread historically and even currently than uh, a diversity hire. To be fair, I think a lot of people do, at least in a broad sense, maybe they make exceptions when it's somebody they know or they're doing it. But in a broad sense, I think most people would, if you said, do you think nepotism is bad or good, would say bad. And in fact, many states even have laws about potentially, you know, barring nepotism hires in in public roles and or at the very least requiring special processes in order to make a nepotism hire. But it does, so it does there, happen. It still does happen around the country. In the sense yeah. that I don't think many companies are putting in place policies that say, let's try to do nepotism hires the way they're saying, let's no, try but to what do they diversity. Are, what they are, hold on a second. What yeah. they are saying is... We don't have this group represented, so let's find qualified people who are different than what we typically do because they're not usually getting the look, and I don't think that's a bad thing at all. Hey, it's a Cardinals winter warm-up weekend, and Mike Claiborne is with us. He's on the caravan now. He joins us after this on KMOX. Getting to the middle of January, which means we are, man, just a little over a month away from pitchers and catchers reporting. Can't believe it. Especially with the weather the way it is, it's always difficult to envision baseball being around the corner, but it is around the corner for us here on the home of the Cardinals KMOX. Uh, Nate Gadder is in for Amy Marks Cores. I'm Chris Ranji, and it is time to go to the Quiver River Electric guest line today. We are joined by part of the broadcast team, along with uh, John Rooney and Rick Horton and others. It is Mike Claiborne who visits with us from the Cardinals Caravan. Where are you, Mike? Springfield, Missouri. What's going on in Springfield, Missouri? How's the the weather down there? It's it's 20 degrees. Wind chill factor brings it down to 5. Is it really 20? 21 degrees. Oh, my gosh. It's like... No joke. 
double that here. I know when we left this morning, it was 47 degrees. We got here, it was 21. Oh, man. We are, I'm telling you, this winter weather is basically missing us. It is just pounding everybody else. I mean, we're going to get it, what, Sunday, Monday. It'll be cold, but yeah. uh, all that other stuff we're missing. Yeah, you, 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 uh, count your blessings. Trust me. It is no joke here. <laughs> I was going to say, Claves does not sound too good. Well, you know what? This time next week, I'll be in sunny Jupiter, Florida. So if I can get through the day, I'll be all right. So speaking of uh, the winter weather, that leads me to NFL playoffs, in particular, the Kansas City Chiefs. They will have a temperature of minus two at kickoff tomorrow against the Dolphins. Uh, Wind gusts up to 40 miles an hour. The wind chill is supposed to have the temperature at about negative 35 at kickoff tomorrow. How awful is that, Klaibs? Pretty bad, but here's the question. Do you practice outdoors to get yourself used to it, or do you try and stay as warm as you can during the course of the week? I don't know the answer. What do you think? I don't know. I, I would probably stay indoors. Yeah, you probably can get more done, but the bottom line is, you know, the elements are going to have a play. It's going to have a say-so, and so you might as well go out there. But if you're the Dolphins, you know, this is like they might as well be on on Jupiter or Mars or some other planet because none of those guys are going to be used to what they're going to deal with tomorrow. Yeah, they'll be all right. Yeah, Ranji was uh, before the show dismissing the uh, the claim that the Dolphins have the kind of offense that doesn't travel well because uh, maybe because they're from Miami, maybe because they throw the ball so much, maybe because they got some guys who are maybe a little injury prone to begin with. Do, do you buy that, Klebs, or or you think no, uh, no you, such you thing? Know, I, I think that all those things go into play. Um, you just got to tough it out. I mean, everybody's hurt this time of the year, so that's not a, that's not a big issue. Um, maybe you change up a few things offensively. Maybe you run the ball a little bit more. Um, you know, but yeah, I just think at this time of the year, you just you shorten the playbook and you just go out and just play. You go with the things you know you can get away with, and then you have a wrinkle or two somewhere along the way. But the the key is, like in any postseason, you can't turn the ball over. Yep, got to be careful. Yeah, and I I don't really believe that players who play in colder weather environments uh, in the NFL are are more equipped to handle it when it gets cold because a lot of all these guys are from different places. How many times did Brett Favre beat you, Raj? How many times did Brett Favre beat you? Brett Favre's from like Georgia or Mississippi, Mississippi, but still, some guys are better equipped. Clearly, well, what I'm saying is, it's not like just because you're from a particular area or you play in a particular area doesn't mean you're better at playing in cold weather. But you don't think it would shock the system a little bit more if you'd been living in Miami this you know for years? Did they all of a sudden go to zero degrees? You don't live there all year, I guess, and you you play half your season in other places. And you have to take this into account. How often do you deal with this? What, maybe twice a season if you're right. playing in cold weather environment? Most of the time it's, you, you're playing in something that we're all accustomed to. So I think it's more mind over matter than anything else. I think that if you have the right mindset, you'll be fine. Mike, you mentioned uh, you know taking care of the football and how important that is, regardless of the weather when it gets to this time of year and the and the uh, the margins for error, the the differentials between the teams just so small in many cases. How much of a concern do you think that is for the Chiefs? Again, regardless of the weather, just the fact that Patrick Mahomes has been his it. usual risk taking self, <laughs> maybe even a little bit more, and on top of that, he doesn't have receivers to to bail him out very often. No, he doesn't. Um, they may go to the run game a little bit more also because you think about Miami; both their defensive ends are out. So you might want to run the ball a little bit more. The other thing is when you look at what's going on with the team as a whole, they they don't have enough guys who can catch it. 
And so they're going to have to be very creative. And I'm wondering, is anybody thinking about the fact that Eric Bieniemy's absence has had a lot to do with the fact that this team has been inconsistent offensively? Wait, are you are you making some sort of charge against Matt Nagy? <laughs> well, you know what? If the shoe fits, wear it. Bro, thank you. Just Try saying. telling you. Try Just telling saying. you, people. Matt Nagy. Anyway, hey, Chiefs game tomorrow here on KMOX. You can listen to it. Both playoff games tomorrow you can listen to right here on KMOX. So as we uh, started off, you are in Springfield with the Cardinals Caravan. Winter warm-up happens this weekend starting tomorrow at Bush Stadium and um, at uh, at Ballpark Village. Uh, Tom Ackerman and I are going to be there on Monday from 10 to 1. Um, so with this happening, we also got yesterday, Claves word of a bunch of um, arbitration-eligible players signing so that kind of helps set the, the the payroll a little bit here with the possibility of maybe something happening over the next few weeks. Do you think we will see an additional move before spring training starts? You probably will. I don't know how, how significant, how big it's going to be because, you know, and basically those contracts were done, um, you know, they're really not uh, budget busters, more or less. I mean, those are just contracts that um, they were going to have to do anyway. Uh, but, I, you know, this team isn't finished yet, I don't think. You know, they'll go into spring training and, and get a look at some people, and if they need to go out and get somebody, they will. There's a lot of good players that are still without jobs right now, so I think we just have to stand by and see what happens. I know that there have been um, some rumors that maybe the Cardinals have interest in, in Dylan Cease, the starter from the White Sox, who has drawn interest from other teams, and I know the Cardinals have already done a lot of rotation work during the offseason. Do you think they'd go big like that? No. Okay. I think they need to show up the bullpen at this point. Uh, that, that's the most important thing. They've got to tighten that bullpen up because you can go out and get Dylan Cease or Matt Dillon or anybody else. It doesn't make a difference if your bullpen is not going to be solid. And last year we saw firsthand that it wasn't, and uh, they got to shore it up. Mike, I saw the list of uh, of guys who are going to arbitration hearings because they haven't been able to agree. Uh, just one Cardinal on the list, uh, Tommy Edmond. But to your point about how some of these deals aren't budget busters, you know, the gap between Tommy Edmond and the Cardinals, it's far from the smallest on the 23-player list uh, that was initially released. I think it's down to 22 now because Devin Williams and the Brewers found a, a settlement. Uh, but it, it's only a four hundred fifty thousand dollar gap. The Cardinals filed at six and a half million, and Tommy Edmond at six point nine five million. Why do you think teams, especially bearing in mind, say, how ugly it got between the Brewers and Corbin Burns last offseason, why do you think teams continue to go to these arbitration hearings that can be contentious and uh, you know can end up with players' feelings getting hurt over what is, in the grand scheme of things, really small amounts of money? Well, in most cases, they get it resolved. I mean, the Cardinals have had one, I think they've lost one arbitration hearing in like 20 years. Um, and most of the time they get it right, but you're right. Uh, it can, guys can take it personal. I remember there was a guy that Cardinals went in arbitration with many years ago, and uh, he thought all was good until he got in the room and heard what they said about him. He never spoke to that general manager again. Yeah. That, so, I mean, yeah. it, it's, a, it's a roll of the dice, but most of the time you end up splitting the difference. Yeah. That's, as far as the, the, the gap. And I, I'm sure that Cardinals and Tommy Edmonds people will continue to talk and they'll get it figured out. It's it's always that is the the process has always been fascinating to me that they that the player has to be there and and listen to it um, or it used to be is it different now 
Claves are, are does, yeah, yeah. You have to be there. You still do have to be there. Okay. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. I mean, I don't know why they can't just let the representation be there and do Maybe it. Maybe Major League Baseball likes the T, Ranj. Doesn't really make a whole lot of sense to me. So, uh, what's what's next, Claves? Uh, I'm about to walk in here and do this fan fest with okay. the folks here in Springfield, and okay. uh, then we go on to I think. Oh, we're going to be here through the evening because they got a big basketball tournament. We're going to go and check out later, and then tomorrow we're in Raleigh and Joplin, and back home on Saturday night, back at the ballpark. I'll be over at the uh, ballpark village on uh, Sunday, Sunday morning. So we'll have some fun over there before we head south. Tell Missouri State I said hello. I'll pass it on to him. You guys have a good one. Mike Claiborne with us here on the Quiver River Electric Guest Line. It is winter warm-up weekend. It gets started tomorrow. As I mentioned, Tom Ackerman and I on Monday from 10 until 1 will be at Ballpark Village. A list of Cardinals uh, dignitaries and players coming through. So that'll be a, a really good time. We have, for the final time this week, a pair of tickets to give away to see Billy Joel and Sting. September 27th at Bush Stadium, before the show is over today, we will give those ducats away to a lucky listener, and we'll tell you when. you got to be listening for your chance to win on KMOX. Chris Ranji, Amy Marks Coors on KMOX. Chris and Amy show, Nate Gatter today, Chris Ranji, Amy's out. Uh, Scott Jagout from the newsroom is in. We always talk about roaming St. Louis and three good things happening over the weekend. I know one of those good things for you. Let's talk about this real quick. Uh, Your uh, goofy Buffalo Bills are playing. Goofy. So tell me, uh, how you feeling? Uh, of course I'm anxious, but I feel pretty good because six weeks ago, the percentage that the Bills would get the two seed in the AFC was 0.1%. Mm-hmm. And they got the two seed in the AFC by winning five straight games, beating good teams. They beat the Chiefs at Arrowhead. They beat the Dolphins in Miami. They lost to the Eagles in overtime. That was their only loss in this stretch. So I feel like the team has come together. I love Josh Allen. He's incredible. The defense is playing well. We had a special teams punt return the other day. Little things like that are just kind of flags for a championship team to me. I have a friend who, for some reason, is a Buffalo Bills fan. I This dude is a... Let me let me give you all of his teams. And, and then uh, you can... If I tell you the era that it happened, it'll all make sense. It's mm-hmm. like he formed all of his teams in one particular uh, eight-year span. Mm-hmm. So he is a Notre Dame football, uh, Cubs baseball, Kentucky basketball, Buffalo <laughs> Bills fan. So, so all the teams that were really good when he was growing up. Okay. So that's yeah. that's what it is. Yeah. That's all right. who well, he I mean, for all of his wh- teams. Whatever works for him. I you know, I'm from there, so it's you in my ha- blood. He's not. <laughs> yeah. No, oh, I, I, I we I'm have, a grandparent from Buffalo. Yeah, okay. You know, our Bills Mafia, St. Louis Bills Mafia, uh, we have some people who are former Rams fans because they were looking for a new team to pull for. And the Bills are, you know, sometimes appealing. Uh, lately they've been appealing. I mean, I don't know. These people decided several years ago. I don't know what they were thinking because the bills were terrible. <laughs> so I, Hey, listen, I appreciate God what bless they them. do. I really <laughs> appreciate the bills mafia and how insane they all are. You going to break some tables this weekend? Um, probably not. Okay. We, we rarely break tables. It's an AFC championship activity. Yeah. I mean, this you got to, you know, they're yeah. 10 point we favorites. Did, one guy a weekly activity for them. They, well, <laughs> well yeah. Buffalo, tailgate not at the party. Shamrock pub. At the Shamrock, we don't, we only did it once. Well, we did it twice. 
<laughs> Once was my well, accident. Well, the, yeah, the guy comes in. He says, "I want to break a table," and they had, we had a, <laughs> and then he, hey, he break a table. You yeah, no, and then he ended up uh, separating his rib cartilage. Oh, okay, uh, but the other one we did was we had a, an infant. She broke a little oh, table. Oh, I saw right. The, I think uh, I told like you that before. Sort of yeah, it was thing? like a baptism. Yeah, Bill, welcome to Bill's fandom. And you know, they we had this little table and just it's set adorable. her down on That's it. That's hilarious. Kind of, it, you it, guys it came up with that on your own. You never seen anybody do that. That's hysterical. Uh, yeah, no, it was pretty cool. It's pretty cool. Uh, I uh, love be- that. Before we uh, uh, we have to say goodbye here, we don't have a ton of time. You went to the Moonrise Hotel for Roaming St. Louis. Did yeah. they have a trolley up there? There's a trolley. There's a trolley. <laughs> There's okay. a trolley. It's not running right now because oh. the weather is zero point zero. Oh, okay. No, uh, the Moonrise is pretty cool. It's another Joe Edwards thing. He yep. Runs nice the loop, place. basically. It's pretty neat, though. He's got all these artifacts related to lunar things. I mean, he has a patch that was worn on the moon. He has a photo taken with Neil Armstrong, who was very reclusive. He drove six hours to get this photo. He he went to this hotel where Armstrong was having some sort of speech or doing celebrating somebody's birthday or something. I don't know how he found out about it. Anyway, he comes off the elevator, Armstrong, and there is Joe Edwards. <laughs> Waiting to talk to him. He said he got 15 minutes with him, and he has a That's photo. Cool. Yeah, stuff like that. He's got little pieces of the moon, and uh, yeah, it's a pretty cool hotel. And the the rooftop bars the rooftop are excellent. Yep. Yes. It, I it, mean, you can go in there. Yep. You're not staying there. You can go up and enjoy the rooftop bars and check out the collection of the stuff that Edwards has. In the, it's cool. If you're hanging out on Del Mar, going up there, that's a that's a really cool spot. Yeah. I love the Moonrise Hotel. Uh, three good things this weekend. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I've am i started thinking about it, and I definitely was inspired a little bit by the Alton Mayor, who came on Total Information AM this week, to talk about MLK Day. And he talked about his uh, moment in 1968 when he was watching it on TV, and he was assassinated. His father was sitting there, and his father cried. He'd never seen his father cry. And he was just explaining how he didn't understand why his father was crying at the time. But then as he got older, he yeah. started to realize wow, this person was a beacon of hope for African-Americans, and I understand why my father was crying. So I'm just kind of starting there because it is MLK Day on Monday, and I definitely want to touch on that with with three good things. So three good things and roaming St. Louis Sunday morning. You can catch those in the 8 and 9 o'clock hours. Good luck to you and your bills, man. It's going to be quite a snowstorm. <laughs> it looks like a so foot of snow. Did, did I? I'll tell you this. Uh, 65 mile an hour winds. No, lovely. Foot of snow. <laughs> walking around snow, as 20, David 20, called it. <laughs> walking around snow. In Buffalo, uh, it's just walking tell you around what, snow. I, I uh, don't know many Bills fans. Every time I watch the Bills now, I think about Scott. Because <laughs> yeah. Scott is a real Bills oh, fan. There's no question. See, and I, I have been wanting them to lose because of my buddy. You can't But, but I can't now. No, you can't. Because feel I know terrible. you, and I I want it for you. I can see oh, how nervous you are. Oh, my God, I'm nervous. Ah, <laughs> uh, you should be. Yeah. All right, good luck. All right, thanks, man. To you and Buffalo Justin texting into the show at 314-436-7900. Final hour is next on KMOX. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast. You'll be glad you did.